0: your Bibles. Let's open up to two places today. Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2 and Isaiah 55. Proverbs chapter 2 and Isaiah 55. And last week, God began to speak to us about how to hear God. And we want to pick it up again this week. I'm telling you, the Lord himself, through his precious word, is teaching us and leading us like his flock. And you just keep coming week after week and opening up your heart and opening up your Bible, if you have one, and watch what God will do in leading you. Jesus is a good shepherd. He's the good shepherd. Proverbs 2. Hold your place in Isaiah 55. We'll get to there in a few minutes. But let's begin in Proverbs chapter 2. And today I want to talk to you about preparing your heart to hear. Preparing your heart to hear. And let's begin here at Proverbs chapter 2. And let's read the first seven verses of this passage, of this chapter. Proverbs 2, verses 1 to 7. We'll read from the New King James Version. If you don't have that translation, that's all right. There are a lot of good ones, but just follow along on the screen so we can all read the same words, if you would. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 to 7, reading loudly and together. Let's read. My son, if you receive my words... And treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom, and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment, and lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver, and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding." He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. Let's stop there. Notice again verse 1. My son, if you receive my words. So notice God's speaking words. He's speaking words. My son, if you receive my words. My words are coming, but will you receive them? He said, my son, if you receive my words. And then he begins to tell us how to receive his words. He said, and treasure my commands within you treasure my commands you know you can flip through the channels on TV and hear a lot of people talking and if you're not interested in what they're saying you just hit the button change the channel BAM why because you didn't treasure what that person was saying and somebody else will come on oh hold on hold on and somebody might be talking shh, shh hold on just a minute I want to hear this you're treasuring what they're saying God says here, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands, God can tell when we flip the channel, when he's trying to talk. Is that right? God can tell what we pay attention to and what we ignore. And he's saying, son, if you'll receive my words, if you'll treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear, you know what incline means? That means you influence your ear. He's saying, son, your ear is not going to naturally be inclined to hear the word of God. Son, your ear is not going to naturally say, hey, I got to get into God's word today. Hey, I need to listen to the word of God today. He said, son, incline your ear. You tell your ear what to do. Don't let your ear tell you what to do. If you'll incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Notice verse three. Yes, if you cry out for discernment. He's saying, son, cry out for it. Call out for it. Don't just say, I wish I had it. No, son, cry out for it. Ask if you cry out for discernment. Listen, and lift up your voice for understanding. You know, one of the things I don't really have a a problem with people that say it, but I think one of the detrimental terms that we use about our time with the Lord each day is when we just call it a quiet time. Well, I didn't have my quiet time today. Well, I don't necessarily think that that term is bad. And we understand that we're trying to get quiet before the Lord and such. But, you know, one of the things we need to do in our quiet time is to pray. Is to pray. And here's the Bible saying, lift up your voice and cry out. We should praise the Lord and express worship to God. And uh, don't ever let anybody fool you and think that... Uh, a person that's going to be spiritual, a person that's going to be full of the Holy Spirit and honor God and worship Him, can do their devotions at Starbucks. Now, I'm not saying you can't read your Bible there, but I'm telling you, you just can't do everything that you, we need to do to honor God and to bless Him. I've tried it before. First of all, it's a distraction. Everybody walking in and out and people. You know, making sounds and all kinds of other things, you know, you can be distracted. But not only that, I realized, man, even as I'm reading the word and the Lord is speaking to me, I need to respond. And sometimes I'm sitting there covering my face and tears coming down my eyes and I'm just whispering and such. And that's okay if you have to do it, if you don't have an option. But oh, I realized, man, I need to be out where I can say God. Man, I need I need what you're saying to me, Lord. I receive it. I receive it, and we're expressing to God. He said, "Son, if you'll cry out for discernment, if you'll lift up your voice for understanding, see, it takes humility to lift up your voice. Isn't that right? It takes humility to. Do. Well, I'm not. That's not really my style. It's not a style thing. It's a reality that we need God, so we come and we call on Him. God, I need you. Notice he goes on to say, verse 4, if you seek her as silver, what does that mean? Well, silver, that's monetary. He's saying, if you would look for me like you work your job, what do you do with a job? You'll get up in the morning when you don't want to get up. Isn't that right? Everything in you says, I don't want to get up yet. And you'll get up. You'll get up, you'll shower, you get yourself ready, you look in the mirror, you get all going, and somebody will say, Hey, can you No, I can't do it right now, I gotta go. See, you put things aside, you'll put things on hold to get to that job. He said, You know, if you'd do that with me, if you'd set things aside and say, Hey, I gotta be with the Lord. He says, Son, do you know what would happen if you treated me like you treat other things? If your seeker is silver. And search for, for her. Talking of wisdom. As for hidden treasures. What does that mean? You know, some people spend hours on the internet trying to find ways to make money. Search, 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 search. And God watches us. And He says, you know, if you'd search for me, like you're looking for all that other stuff, you'd find it. If you search for her as for hidden treasures, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Why? For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. Listen to God. God says, I store it up for you. I'm waiting for you to ask. I'm waiting for you to come and get it. I've got the plan for your life. Did you know God is the only one that knows what your life is designed to be? He's the designer. He's your creator. And you can't get it anywhere else. You can't Google it and get it. Did you hear me? He's the only one who knows. And so the enemy constantly distracts us and gives us ideas of where we could go to find out what to do. But it distracts us away from seeking God. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk uprightly. You know, women like to be chased. And men like to chase. But the problem is, once they catch, the chase goes away. And women don't like that. You can say amen to that. I didn't hear very many men say amen to that, but it's the truth. See, and what has to happen is, once the catch happens, the catch happens because there was this idea that this was still going to be going on after the catch. Amen. And it doesn't always happen like that. But let me tell you, if you could do it and continue to chase after you've caught. Somebody said, well, how do you do that? There are ways. You just do it. You just do it. Let me tell you, it does something. And sometimes in a marriage you can realize, yeah, this hasn't been happening. And by the way, not only the guy, the gal can do it too. All right. (laughs) Thank you. At least I got a man and a woman amen on that. That's good. But let me tell you, oh, what it can do when you start sowing that seed in and you're not waiting for it. Well, I don't feel those emotions. I don't feel like I do. It doesn't matter how you feel. The Bible says love. Didn't say feel love. It said love. Just do it. And when you sow that seed and you keep Pursuing. Let me tell you, even the most, most parched ground that's just dry. Well, I ain't going to get any harvest out of that. Look at that. No, you begin to water that and put that seed in there and such. You'll be amazed at what God will do softening the heart. You'll be amazed. But we got to keep it up. I know. Uh, I know one guy, you know, men have certain traits that, you know, are generally referred to by saying, oh, he's a man, right? But some men have like extreme versions of those traits. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? Every, every man's got some so similarities. But some men have extreme versions. One, one friend that I have, <laughs> oh, we get a kick out of him. But uh, when his wife was just, you know, things had built up. And she was just very hurt with him and so on. So one day she called him into the bedroom. I need, we need to talk. I need to unload this. And so he said, okay. And so he comes in there. And so, I mean, she just lets it go and unloads. Oh, this is how I feel. And, you know, you haven't been paying any attention to me and so on. And she just bears her soul, which is good to do, by the way. She just bears bears her soul. This is how I feel and so on and so forth. So he's standing there. And so she gets it all out. And he's looking at her, and she said, Well, what do you think? And he said, Well, I wish it was, I knew it was going to take this long because my cereal is getting soggy over there in the kitchen. <laughs> How many of you know that's the wrong answer? <laughs> that's the wrong answer. Isn't that right? <laughs> and listen, he wasn't joking. <laughs> he wasn't joking. Now, what happened? Well, there... <laughs> Somebody said, there's something broken in there. All right. Well, it's either broken or it's impaired greatly. Right? Now, what is it? Every one of us to have the kind of life that God has called us to have. It requires that there's somebody else besides us that seeks to understand us, to love us, and to value us. Did you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be necessarily husband and wife. It's got to be somebody though. To have the life that God designed, there's somebody else that loves you that when you get around them, you feel valued, you feel loved and such. You know where you got that from? You know where you got that from? You got that from God. You got that from God. Because God seeks to be loved as well. But lest you think that He's egocentric or selfish. It didn't begin with us. He didn't say, You guys need to love me. Uh-uh. In fact, you remember 1 John 4.19? We love him because he what? First loved us. He first, he's the initiator. He first loved us. For God so loved the world that he gave. The Bible says in Romans 5.8 that there is, that God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we did not initiate this love relationship. He initiated it. He initiated it. But God is looking for somebody that will value Him. And so when we talk about hearing from God, it takes a heart that chooses to value Him. It takes a heart that chooses to value God. Solomon had a son named Rehoboam. And most of you would know that much of the kingdom was stripped away from Rehoboam by Solomon's sin. But Rehoboam didn't have a heart after God. In fact, it says here in Second Chronicles 12, 14, and he did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. Notice, he did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. See, you've got to prepare your heart to seek the Lord. Your heart's not going to just naturally seek the Lord. You've got to, in a sense, Come down and say, heart, seek the Lord. How many of you remember David in the psalm said, bless the Lord, O my soul. Who is he talking to? Himself. Himself. He wasn't talking to God. You know, we don't look at the Lord and say, bless the Lord, O my soul. God's not your soul. Isn't that right? We're talking to ourselves. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Mind, will, and emotions. Bless the Lord. Now, why do you have to tell it? Because they're not doing it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. And so, Rehoboam, he didn't prepare his heart to seek the Lord. But you know, just a few chapters later, with another king named Jehoshaphat, here's what God said about him. Good things are found in you in that you have removed the wooden images from the land and have prepared your heart to seek God, and have prepared your heart to seek God. So that's why he was such a wonderful king and so blessed, because Jehoshaphat prepared his heart to seek God. Proverbs 16, one says the preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. The preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. In other words, preparing our heart to seek God is our responsibility. And if we'll do that, the answers, the decisions that we make will be God's responsibility to give us the right answers to life. So we don't have to keep struggling like everybody else. But notice the preparations of the heart belong to man. It's my responsibility to prepare my heart before the Lord. And then if I do, it's God's responsibility to give me the wisdom to make right decisions. Jeremiah 29, 13, God says, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with what? With all your heart. Now Jesus said in Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and it, him who knocks it will be open. So notice again, Jesus said, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock, it'll be open to you. See, there's not a problem with God. The problem's on our part. God is a wisdom giving God. He's a speaking God. My son, if you receive my words, I'm speaking, son. I'm speaking. So if we're not getting the wisdom of God, if we're not hearing from God, there's not a problem on God's part. There's a problem on our side. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. You remember James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Notice this next part. Who gives? Who gives? Let him ask of God. Who gives to all? That includes everybody, doesn't it? Who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And what will happen? And it will be given. It will be given. So see, there's no issue on God's part. If we're not hearing from Him, if we're not getting wisdom, there's no issue on God's part. The issue is on our part. There's something on my side. Either I don't have ears to hear God, I'm spiritually deaf or I'm not asking God one of the two if I'm asking and not hearing it's because I've got a blockage I've got a blockage and I've got to get that blockage out of the way but we've got to ask so many people you'd be surprised they thought they'd ask God but they've never really even asked they never stopped say, Lord I need your wisdom on this Or they'll pray. You know, some people pray prayers that are not sincere prayers. And I don't mean that they're not sincere people. I just mean the prayers are not sincere. And we'll stop and do things like this. Lord, you know I need wisdom on this. Man, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, let me go over here and ask somebody over here. Now, see, you did pray. But you didn't pray like you were talking to a real person who would really answer you. There's no faith in that. You just prayed a religious prayer so that you prayed there i checked it off yeah i prayed but you didn't have any faith or expectation that god was going to answer you and those kind of prayers don't get answered because it's just a religious prayer It's just a religious prayer but see when you pray and say god lord i need your wisdom on this i know you want to help me and the bible says if we lack wisdom to ask you so i ask you i thank you for your wisdom lord Thank you, Lord. And see, just stay in there. Why? Because you're you're waiting. You're sensing what he's saying to you. He's real. You're treating him like he's a real person. See, this is how you relate to God. You relate to him as if he's real. Because he is. And you're expecting his response. So you weren't just praying, well, I just hope he does. And that's so many people. And that's why they don't get their prayers answered. Oh, yeah, I sure hope hope God hears me. Hope God helps me. I'll tell somebody, you know, God's got a good plan for you. I sure hope so. Well, see, you can tell that even though God's got all this wisdom and plan for their life, just the fact that I sure hope so, they've removed themselves from it. Like it's way over there that it might be over there somewhere over the rainbow. Right? (laughs) Who really knows? You never know what God's going to do. See, there's no faith in that. There's no faith in that. Faith believes it. When the Bible says, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask of God and he will give to all, liberally, plenty of it. And it will be given. Well, all you got to do is just believe that. What do you do? Ask him. Lord, I, I ask you. You said you would, so I'm asking you for wisdom. And now I'm not running all around trying to find wisdom. No, because he's going to give it to me. It's just believing it. Just believing it. That's how you get answers from God. Ask in faith. And expect God. And he will. It will be given. It will be given. But we need to do it right away. Listen to Isaiah 55. This is why I had you turn there. Verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Notice again verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Seek the Lord while he may be found. What does that say? That says you can wait too long. Well, this this goes two different directions. One is, some people wait too long before they seek the Lord and so they die before they get saved. And if anybody tries to tell you that after you die, there are things that can happen that can make up for not being saved while you were here, that's not true. That's unscriptural. That's not true. I said that's not true. Once you die... That's it. This has to have happened. And so some people have. They waited too long. I declare it won't happen to you in Jesus' name. But not only for your eternity, but even in situations. Sometimes you've got a situation right there and you're struggling with it and trying to figure out what to do, but you're not seeking the Lord about it. And, you know, you can wait too long in that situation to where, well, that's over now. You missed your opportunity to hear the wisdom of God and to avoid that trap and pitfall or to overcome that obstacle before it fell on you. And so seek the Lord while he may be found. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Don't wait till it's too late. Call upon him while he's near. What does that mean? Sometimes God's right there. Sometimes God's right there speaking to you. Call on him right now. See what I mean? As soon as you realize, oh, I I need the Lord's wisdom. Good. When do you call? Call now. Call now. Uh, So many people, they'll say, yeah, I I need to do that. Yeah, I I really need to do that. And they just put it off, put it off, put it off. No. Seek the Lord. Call on him while he's near. When is he near? When you realize. Oh, I need to seek the Lord. That's him right there helping you to realize he's speaking to you, giving you wisdom to seek him. You know, sometimes with kids, you know, you have to train kids to listen. They, they don't come out that way. Do you know that they, they come out wanting you to listen to them? Ah, I want some milk, right? Ah, I want a diaper change you got to train them to listen to you and respond. (laughs) Right on cue. Look at that. (laughs) you got to train them to listen and respond. But you know when they get a little older and they know to respond and then you come and you say, hey, you need to get up and clean that up. I told you, go, go clean it up. Let me tell you what they'll do sometimes. They heard you and they know they have to do it but they're just going to delay a little bit and the delay is to send a very clear message that I know I have to do it I know you're in charge but I'm going to delay just a little bit here just to let you know that I am not going to be completely controlled by you right? anybody know what I'm talking about? You do, because that doesn't go away when you grow up. <laughs> we don't like people telling us what to do. And so when somebody does come and tells us to do something we don't want to do, often there's just a little delay there. Maybe not always a little delay. And we know we need to do it, but you just sit there. And sometimes, if they're really defiant, they'll look right at you. Okay. 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 I said, I'll do it. But they're still sitting there. Right? Now, what is that? That's pride. And then they get up and do it. So if you say anything, say, Oh, I did it. I did it. What do you want? I did it. Yeah, but it was just, but I'm going to delay. I'm going to delay. I'm sending a message to you. And people do that with the Lord. People do that with the Lord. I don't know how you feel, but when that happens, and somebody just does it intentionally, and they just delay just just to show you that I'm not going to do it when you said to do it. What is that? That's a disrespect. It's a dishonor. I'm lowering your honor down from you telling me what to do. And I can't lower it all the way. But I'm going to lower it down as far as I can push it. It's a dishonor. And people do that with the Lord. And the Lord tugs on their heart. Hey, you need to make a change. Hey, you need to call out for wisdom, and it's like, yeah, I know. In fact, just the other day, somebody we're dealing with, and this person says, "Well, here's what, here's what I'm going to do," and we said, "Well, listen, listen, you know, you know, the Bible says that's not the way you do it. This is what you're supposed to do," and this person said. Yeah, I know. I know, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's, it's really interesting just to listen to people talk about the wisdom of God. Like, yeah, I hear it. I know it. Or people, people will say something like this. Yeah, I'm just not ready. Yeah, I know that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm just not ready. And let me, let me tell you what all of that says to our creator. You're not all that important to me. I'm most important. And when I get ready, then I'll come. And so sometimes we don't realize why we have spiritual deafness. But when the Lord's tugging on our hearts and trying to help us, And oh, the love of a parent that's trying to help. Trying to speak wisdom. Sweetheart, don't go in the ditch. Don't go in the ditch, but they can't hear you. And the Lord's that way with us. No, no, don't go that way. No, no, don't go that way. Don't go that way. And we know down inside There's a tug. We know the Lord's speaking. See? But it's like, yeah, I'll get to that later. Yeah, later, later, later. Not now. And the delay is saying, you and what you're saying is not all that important to me right now. I have higher priorities. I have things that I treasure more than that. And we don't realize we do that to God all the time. Now, let me just say, every one of us have done it. Every one of us have done it. All of us have done it. Every one of us have done it. But, oh, when I catch myself, and I realize, somehow or another, I've gotten disconnected. I'm not talking about completely out of the will of God. I'm just talking about disconnected like, I just... I'm not hearing clearly I've been busy or distracted or something. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Let me tell you what you do. You just stop. And you get by yourself. And you say, Lord, I don't feel connected. But I need you. I need you in my life. I need you to help me somehow. I've gotten off here. I've gotten too busy. Lord, I need you. Lord strengthen me to come strengthen me to be with you and just that humility just that fast I mean God's heart he comes immediately see God resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble so when you got that pride that says yeah later Later, later. The Bible doesn't say God ignores the proud. It said he resists the proud. That's active. But he gives grace to the humble. That's active too. And so when you walk in pride and the Lord tugs on your heart, like right here in this service where we just know inside the Lord's tugging on us and everybody's got a little different situation. But nonetheless, the Holy Spirit customizes this and you know what the Lord's saying to you. And when you know that, when you sense that inside, the humble person will say, Yes, Lord, I want to do it that way. But the prideful person will just say, Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know I need to. I'm just not ready. But they don't know the consequences. They don't know the consequences. God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. So if you feel like, well, I don't know if I could do it, that's okay because God gives grace to the humble. See, so when you just stop and you just say, Lord, help me. Sometimes you may even sense pride in your heart and you just stop and say, Lord, I don't want the pride. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to delay you. I don't want to dishonor. I don't want to disrespect. Lord, I need you in my life. Without you, I can do nothing even though I think I've got a few things going, Lord, without you, I can do nothing. See, we're talking about preparing our heart to seek the Lord. It Makes all the difference in the world. It makes all the difference in the world. And we can do it just that quickly. In fact, right now, bow your head and just say to the Lord, Lord, I choose to seek you. I choose to honor you. I won't go on in the flesh. I stop right now. Say, Lord, help. Strengthen me to do right. Forgive me for going the wrong direction. You remember Esau? Esau was Jacob's older brother. And the scripture says, Jacob, I have loved and Esau I've hated. You ever thought about that? Do you know why? Jacob I have loved and Esau I've hated. Well, you remember Esau, he was the firstborn of Isaac. Isaac was Abraham's son. God had come and made a covenant with Abraham and promised blessing on his life. And put the blessing of Abraham on him that passed down to Isaac. And now Isaac has these two sons. Esau is the firstborn, so he's in line to get the blessing of Abraham, the covenant with the Almighty. And one day he comes in from hunting, and he's hungry. And Jacob, he was home watching the cooking shows and everything, and so he'd made up this stew, and uh, Esau comes in, and he said, man, I'm so hungry, I feel like I'm going to die. Give me some of that stew. And Jacob said, well, what do I get for it? So they have this conversation, and Jacob said, sell me your birthright. I want to have the birthright, number one kid. And so Esau said, Well, what good's that birthright to me if I die of starvation? That's a little dramatic, isn't it? Come on. What good's the birthright if I'm going to die of starvation? But the Lord heard that. And so he eats his meal, and it's a great thing. And then later on, he lost his blessing. The blessing went to the one who obtained the birthright who valued it who said I want that that's important to me Jacob I have loved but Esau I have hated what's more important to you than what God has for you some people can't even do it without a meal I don't have time to read the Bible I don't have time to pray I don't have time to listen to any teachings or whatever Well, did you eat today? Yeah. How many times? Four. Four. (laughs) See, we have time for things, but just not for certain things. And what do you do when you realize you just stop and say, Lord? And if you can just get your mouth and your heart going toward the Lord, he'll give grace. He'll give grace to help you. But you've got to have that humility that admits that quick, Lord that's wrong, I'm going the wrong direction, Lord, or Lord, I'm not, I haven't been coming. And it's, it's not a condemnation thing. It's just an honesty thing. Just coming and admitting, yeah, that's what I need to do. And He's so gracious with us. Merciful. Somebody say amen. amen. Listen to what Hebrews says about Esau, chapter 12, verse 16. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau. Who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. See, seek the Lord while he may be found. He missed it. He missed it. He missed it. Now's the time to seek the Lord. Not later. When I get around to it. Now's the time to seek the Lord. Because you don't know what you lose. God has stuff for us. He has blessing for us. He has a plan for our lives. And we don't know what we lose by just not being in a position to hear the Lord and receive from Him. I believe that hard times are coming. I'm not praying for Him. I'm praying that God deliver us, deliver the world, deliver America, save the world, save America. That's what we pray. But I sense and see some difficult times come. Sometimes people say, Difficult times are already here. I see some more difficult times. The immorality is what's securing it that we continue as a nation to push away from God. And that's always detrimental. But what do we do? Well, now's the time to seek the Lord. You remember Joseph? Before the seven years of famine came. The Lord had spoken. He interpreted the dream. And they began to do what the Lord said to do. And all during the seven years of famine, when the world was going into complete poverty, even Egypt, who had had the seven years of plenty, they ended up losing all their land, losing everything that they had, became slaves of Pharaoh. But the people of God flourished during those seven years of famine. Isn't that right? How did that happen? Wisdom, favor, blessing from God. Just seeking the Lord and sticking with His plan. Amazing what the Lord did. See, so we don't have to be afraid of hard times because that's an opportunity to win a lot of people. To help them to find God. Because sometimes hard times opens your heart up when you didn't do it yourself. But God is speaking now. Let me read a few words from Proverbs 1. Listen to this. Verse 20. Wisdom calls aloud outside. See, God is speaking. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses at the openings of the gates in the city. She speaks her words. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge. That means people are standing around giving their opinion, you know, criticizing people. Well, you know what I think. You know, I just can't. Scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge. But notice what God says in verse 23. Turn it my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Verse 24. Because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Because you disdained. That's you ignored. You took it lightly. You disdained all my counsel. And would have none of my rebuke. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes. Notice, you, your, you, your. I will mock when your terror comes. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you. Notice verse 28. Then they will call upon me. He's not even calling you, you anymore. He's not even talking to you. That's over. Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. They hate it. You know, people that when the Lord tries to correct them, sometimes through other people, they hate it. They despise my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to full with their own fancies for the turning away of the simple will slay them. And the complacency of fools will destroy them. Complacency, what does that mean? That means, yeah, I I, I know I need to do it. I'm going to get around to it. And you just let it go and let it go and let it go and let it go. Complacency. And the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely. And will be secure without fear of evil. See, when when you hear things like that. When the Lord begins to tug on your heart and you know, man, I know I need to make a change. When do you make it? Right now. See, humility does it now. Humility doesn't even try to send a little message to God saying, I'm going to do it, but I have my own freedom of choice and I'm just going to wait. Even if it's two minutes, I'm going to wait. See, but that's that's two minutes to show God, I'm not going to do it when you say to do it. I'm going to do it when I want to do it. And we we cut out grace that God wants to give us unnecessarily. Unnecessarily. May I never do that to the Lord. He is kind. He is merciful. He is loving. He is compassionate. Jesus went way out of his way to save me. Way out of his way to help me. May I never delay when the Lord speaks. May I never delay when he's trying to get my attention. May I stop immediately and say, yes, Lord, whatever you want. Yes, Lord, I'll do it. I'll make any change, whatever you want. And when you respond to the Lord with humility His grace comes and lifts you higher than you could ever lift yourself. And you begin to ride on high places with the Lord. And people wonder, how did that happen? But it happened by you putting yourself down before the Lord and he lifts you up. Out of the miry clay, out of those situations that you've been struggling with. Why? Humility, just quick, quick. Yes, Lord, whatever you want, whatever you want do it Lord (laughs) our God is a good God